Welcome, everyone, to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Where it feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. I'm Chris, that's Dan, and this is our new Thursday time slot. We'll now be airing Stupid Sexy Podcast Thursdays and Sundays at 7 p.m. moving forward. So, yeah, new time slot. And what a great episode to kick off our new Thursday time slot with. Dan, please tell everybody all about it. Well, this episode aired on October 29th, 1992. You know what that means. It's Treehouse of Horror 3, Season 4, Episode 5. My all-time favorite Simpsons episode. They're still called the Halloween special at this point in time. Still Halloween special. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Okay. This has... These might not be my favorite segments, but they have my favorite moments. Yes. So one of my all-time favorite Simpsons jokes is in this episode, and one of Dan's all-time favorite Simpsons jokes is in this episode, and they're almost (laughs) (laughs) back-to-back. They're literally almost back-to-back. And that's the thing, right, is like, my favorite individual Treehouse of Horror segment is not in this one, but... All three together collectively plus the narrative makes it my favorite Halloween episode. And because it's just so laugh out loud funny and so fast paced and just a culmination of where the writing had reached at this point that it became my favorite episode because of that. Now, if you want to consider this a cheat in a way because it is a Halloween special, I will reveal my favorite non-Halloween episode when we get to it. We have not gotten to it yet. Mine neither, of course. Yes. But I think everyone knows what my favorite episode is. So. You've already mentioned, you've already said, I'm not yeah, going to say it again it. To the, for the spoiler. We will, we, we will get to yours before we get to mine, but when we get to mine, I will reveal why it's my favorite. Because you, it's, it's high on a lot of people's lists, but it's never really anybody's favorite, but there's a specific reason why it's mine. But again, we'll get to it. This one, however, if we're counting all Simpson episodes and including the Halloween specials, this one's number one, period. Nothing beats Treehouse of Horror 3. So we have a lot to run through here, Dan, so I'm going (laughs) to do my best to not make this an hour episode, but I'm making no promises right here and now. I will, okay, I will pull up the timer. I will try to watch the timer, but again, no promises. (laughs) So no chalkboard, but we do get a couch gag, and they're all skellies. We're not even there yet. We don't even get to the couch gag until other stuff happens. Oh, because we have to go through all the the names and the tombstones. So this is the Alfred Hitchcock intro that they do with the, uh, yeah. the fat the fat silhouette and Homer shows up. Good evening. I have been informed to tell you all that this is a very scary episode. You see, there's some complainers out there, religious types mostly. So he's basically daring you to turn the episode off. I dare you to turn the TV off. And then they turn the TV off. Hey. Uh, And Marge is like, oh, did you dare them to turn their TV off? No, I swear on this Bible. That's not a Bible. That's a book of carpet samples. Ooh. (laughs) So, yes, the the tombstones, which, of course, I wrote down. There is Drexel's class. There's R. Buckminster Fuller with an I'm with stupid pointing right next to it. There's a blink and you missed it slapstick tombstone. Literally, blink and you miss it, because it cuts immediately to American workmanship, which crumbles. 
And then we get the skeleton couch gag. Complete with Marge's hairstyle having the Bride of Frankenstein streak in it. Very good. Very good stuff to kick this off. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. I mean, it's classic. You see the James Hell Brooks in the... Yes. James Hell Brooks, Simply Scary Simon, etc. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, so it kicks off with a Halloween party inside the Simpsons house. This is they're not trick or treating. The kids even complain about it, but they're having a big Christmas party. Well, everyone invited, even Nelson's there. I love how it's a Christmas party. That's exactly what it would be. That this is my Christmas. I love yep. Christmas, but big Halloween party. Good old Halloween party. Behold, mighty Caesar in all his glory, and of course the trick nail snags Homer's toga and rips it off. Now everyone I, laughs at him in his underwear. Now I generally do trivia at the end of the episode, but since we actually have the list of the costumes at the party as part of the trivia, I'm gonna go over them real quick. Bart is dressed like Alex DeLarge from Clockwork Orange. Stupid mm-hmm. party, wish we were trick or treating. Lisa is the Statue of Liberty. Marge is Cleopatra. Milhouse is dressed as Radioactive Man. Nelson is a pirate. Martin is Calipé, the muse of heroic poetry. No kidding! And just gets punched for it. Which is friggin' hysterical. And then some of the other kids that are there include Janie as a princess. Louis is the Frankenstein monster. Richard is scratchy. (laughs) I don't see an itchy, but there is a scratchy. Becky is an Arabian princess and Wendell is an astronaut. So in case you wanted to freeze frame and look at what all the kids were wearing, there is your answer. Also, Grandpa is not in a costume at all, but he is there. And he will play into this. <laughs> so Marge, Marge hears Bart's complaint about trick-or-treating and she's like, you can have plenty of horror around the house. So they play the game where you tur- shut out the lights and pass around the gross objects. Oh yeah, you put them inside a box. You reach into. Yeah, I've played that before. I mean, it's it's exactly what it is. It's usually just food stuff. That's that feels their weird. eyeballs or grapes or uh, hard boiled eggs or whatever. Yep, the hair is cold spaghetti. The brain is a is a chunk of meat, and that's when Bart interrupts the game. Yeah, mom, we haven't got the eyeballs yet. So she shines a flashlight over and sees that Homer is eating everything. You're ruining the game. Well, it was an evil game. <laughs> it's just like well. Anybody know a ghost story? And Lisa steps up. I know a story. It's a story about a boy and his doll. That's not so scary. A doll from hell. I'm going to go to the store. Clown without pity. Segment one, clown without pity. Uh, (laughs) Of these three segments, all of them would crack my top ten, most likely. Uh, King Homer would probably be the lowest of the three. It's a really good movie parody, but it doesn't have the laugh-out-loud moments like the other two do. This one's got laugh-out-loud, fast-paced jokes, and I'm going to do my best to try to cover as many as I can. So yeah, please. I literally have IMDb's quotes open for the episode, trying to make sure we don't miss anything. <laughs> yeah, you can't. So it's Bart's birthday party. <laughs> Grandpa gives him a box full of money. He got it from the government, of course. I, didn't I don't know. need it, but if I don't get it, I'll complain about it. <laughs> And he's like, Homer, where's your present? Homer's like, oh, don't worry, boy. I forgot to get you a present, but I swear on my father's grave. I'm going to get you one now. That classic trope where 
They forgot to get the present, so it's the last-minute gift. And, of course, rather than, you know, go to a toy store, he goes to the House of Evil, your one-stop evil shop. Do you sell toys? We sell forbidden objects that dared tread men. We also sell frozen yogurt, which I call Froget. So he hands him a crusty Take doll. Take this object and beware. is a terrible curse. Ooh, that's, Ooh, that's bad. bad. But it comes with free Froget. That's good. Froget is also cursed. That's bad. But you get your choice of toppings. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzoate. That's bad. Can I go now? That exchange, <laughs> that freaking exchange is classic. <laughs> that is okay. So we're gonna we're gonna do a um a classic joke checkoff list, Dan. Every time we come up with a classic can't miss joke, I want you to to put a tally mark down. Okay. Oh, oh okay. Um, gonna, that's a one. That's one. <laughs> so I there, I'm gonna I'm gonna go go through them because there's there's a lot here. So, of course, Homer returns that's to the, the park. Hi- that's the highest voted, by the way, on IMDb. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's great. But it's, <laughs> but we all know that there's two more that we're going to get to. We're not even there yet. We're not even there yet. So I know the two more aren't even in the sketch, <laughs> nor no. the next one. So, of course, Homer <laughs> takes out Millhouse as he opens up the door, gives Bart the evil... Cr- well, not it's, We don't know it's evil yet. It's a talking Krusty Bell. I'm Krusty the Clown, and I love you very much. <laughs> gives his dad a nice big hug and grandpa goes that doll is evil I tells you evil evil evil, evil. grandpa you said that about all the presents I just want attention another another great grandpa moment grandpa gets some good lines in these so Homer is watching TV with the newscast revealing that Springfield's air is now only dangerous to children and the elderly and <laughs> As he sits back in the couch to celebrate, the doll just appears. I'm Krusty the Clown, and I don't like you. <laughs> I'm Krusty the Clown, and I'm going to kill you. I didn't even have to pull the string that time. He said, I'm going to kill you, Homer Simpson. Oh, yeah? With what? And he comes and at him a, with... Just has a huge knife. <laughs> comes at him with a butcher knife. So Homer screams. The family runs in. And he's like, that doll tried to kill me. I'd say the pressure's finally gotten a dad, but what pressure? Don't leave me alone with him. And now for another classic joke, tal- another tally mark, Dan, please. As the, as the clown string runs out, he gets Homer to pull it for him again so he can continue <laughs> his evil laugh. God damn it. Okay, we're up to two. We just were told he could say whatever it wants without the string being pulled. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it funny. Also, why would you... It's threatening to kill you. Why would you pull the string? Uh, I love how dumb Homer is sometimes. Okay. This next part has two classic jokes in it. Homer's in the bathtub singing, My baloney has a first name. It's H-O-M-E-R. My baloney has a second name. It's H-O-M-E-R. And out comes cr- the crusty doll with a harpoon. Which is friggin' hysterical, and Homer runs screaming naked through the kitchen past Marge and her sisters, to which they push their food away, and Patty delivers another tally mark-worthy line. There goes the last lingering thread of my heterosexuality. (laughs) 
yes, these episodes are non-canon, but Patty does become a lesbian down the line. So now Krusty is sitting in Lisa's dollhouse, hitting on the Malibu Stacy doll. <laughs> Relax, baby. Little hot for that cheerleader outfit, right? As Homer throws him into a sack with his dirty socks. You think your smelly socks can stalk me? <laughs> they are making me dizzy. Ugh. And he throws the Krusty doll into the bottomless pit. Goodbye, Dolly. And here comes the Mafia man. Riverdale Vito. And then another freaking tally mark. I was a fool to think people would want nude photos of Whoopi Goldberg. And the whole throws it back at him. Oh my god, I'm already I'm already laughing out loud at this episode, right? Like, because I know you've laughed out loud at this one too. This is only segment one, by the way. Yeah, this is what. Well, this is why it's my favorite episode. This episode makes me laugh the hardest. You know that. So of course, the doll hitches a ride at the bottom of the car. Comes after Homer again, and now Marge finally sees it. The doll's trying to kill me, and the toaster's been laughing at me. So Marge calls the hotline number. The doll's, the trying, doll's to... trying to kill my husband. Yeah, so all... the guy comes in, and he's like, Everybody no, loves a clown, so why don't Someone's... you? I love the... They always get that with the, the music, too, right? Oh, yeah, the music, yeah. They always get that, yeah. The guy comes from the Krusty Co. Here's your problem. Someone sent this thing to evil. <laughs> I love that. That's all it was. was just a freaking... Just a, an on-off switch. Just as evil versus in good. <laughs> and now it's, I love you, Homer. And he gives him a hug back. And he's making him do, like, the lawn and shit. Do you remember to walk the dog? Yeah, he buried me a couple of times. Yeah, dogs like to bury old junk. <laughs> and he comes home to the Malibu Stacy doll. And her head falls off. Oh, let me get that for you. And then, of course, it ends with the, the heart fade out with the music, which they reuse again in the next segment. Classic. So that wraps up Clown Without Pity. We're now back at the Halloween party. We're now back in canon, Simpsons. And Homer is telling the scary story now. So then his wife comes through the door. Wait, I didn't tell you his wife was dead? Well, she is. And she hit him over the head with a golf club. Don't you remember? Went golfing all the time and it really bothered her. Said he went bowling. Homer, I've coughed up scarier things than that. Hey, Grandpa, why don't you tell an, tell us a story? You've led an interesting life. That's a lie and you know it. <laughs> but I have seen a lot of movies. Fades to black and white. And now we get... What is this? A six-minute parody of a 1933 movie that's friggin' brilliant. Yeah, they hit all the they hit all the points. They hit every single point in six minutes for King Homer, the King Kong spoof. Starts off, of course, with Mr. Burns and Smithers on the dock as Marge shows up. She said, "I heard your ad that you wanted a uh, you wanted a, a female non-smoker preferred." And of course, what do you think, Smithers? I think women and semen don't mix. We know what you think. Hey, I hear we're going to Ape Island. Why are we going there? To capture a giant ape? I wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. Ooh, Candy Apple <laughs> Island. What do they have there? Apes. But they're not so big. <laughs> so they hear the chant of Homer. Yeah, so who is this Homer guy? Well, he's either a giant ape or a tourist trap set up by the Ape Island JCs. 
Either way, we're going ashore. Marge is like, am I coming? Of course, we wouldn't leave without the bait. I mean, the bait thing beauty. <laughs> I covered that up pretty nicely. God, I friggin' love... Mr. Burns is so great in this, too. Mm -hmm. So they are chanting. Homer. Homer, he says, just try to blend in, but there's Marge's hair sticking out. Do you know what they're chanting, by the way? Mosi Tutupu? What? That was an NFL, a uh, New England Patriot from 1978 to 1990. That's also in the trivia. <laughs> so... Ah, uh, the blue-haired woman would make a good sacrifice. What is he saying? We wouldn't dream of sacrificing the blue-haired woman. And then they do. And of course, it's the classic scene the damsel set up for as the sacrifice. And here comes King Homer, the giant ape, fighting a T-Rex. And when he gets distracted, the T-Rex bites him and he does the loud doe. And... Burns is loving this. He's like, this is a gold mine. If we catch him alive, we'll put him on Broadway. Dead, we'll sell monkey stew to the army. And then, of course, as he's playing with Marge's hair, she's give lecturing him, and then when he sniffs her hair, she giggles about it. So she's into this. She's so into this. But as, that's, as that's happening, they start shooting at him. We don't want to... We don't want to kill him. It's shoot him around the groin and belly. So he grabs Lenny and sh shoves him in his mouth. He's like, hey, Homer, quit eating me. And then Carl shoots him in the arm. And then Homer eats Lenny. And now, please tally mark another joke for me, Jan. As this Mr. Official Fritz... tally mark number three. Official three, unofficial like seven. <laughs> as Mr. Burns attempts to throw a gas bomb and just limp wrists it right in f two feet in front of him. And that is so goddamn funny. It's because anytime they get a joke about how frail Mr. Burns is, it's friggin' hysterical. And at this point of the show, they haven't really gotten that in depth with it. Like, about how frail Burns actually is. So I, it's nice to finally see that. Of course, Smithers saves the day, and then Homer eats him. Right when he was going to get a raise, too. And, of course, Burns just shrugs it off. So, we're back on Broadway. What's he going to do? Nah, he's just going to stand around on stage for a little while. After yeah, the... We'll end with a vaudeville routine or something like that. Yeah. yeah, the chubbiest kick line in town. And when they reveal him to the crowd, drunk-ass Barney... It's like, look at the size of that platform. Yeah. <laughs> so as they go ape shit, taking pictures, the ape goes ape shit immediately. Breaks yeah, out. Marge's even like, I think that's making him mad. Mad, mad. And I'm like, what's he gonna do? Yeah, run amok in downtown Springfield, and he does. Crushes the reporter, and then <laughs> Barney oh, offers him a peanut. Yeah. And he eats the whole thing, and he goes, I said one! And starts kicking him. <laughs> yep. Then he breaks into the next theater where Shirley Temple's performing and eats her. And that's hysterical, too. And then, of course, because we know Marge is into this, as he's climbing the building, she's like, oh, hi, homie. And as he grabs her, she screams. 
And of course, for the next great freaking joke, is Homer's failure to attempt to climb the Empire State Building. Which yeah, you he... think maybe he's halfway up, but when he falls, he's literally only one floor up. <laughs> the biplanes go to refuel because he's taken so long. <laughs> and then... Marge is like, don't worry, homie, I'm going to take care of you. So she marries him. And the headline says, Woman Weds Ape, Dick Cavett Born. Ah, uh, Dick Cavett. And the episode ends with King Homer eating Marge's father. With the, the heart and the, the fade out. I also like the one monkey that shows up. Are you with the bride or the groom? And he just starts screaming in monkey talk with his arm up in the air. Just, yeah, right this way, sir. Folks, can we please stop picking each other? Ugh. Great movie parody. All the, yeah, all the highlights get hit in this one. And now... Uh, can, can it can it possibly get better? Because it does. So, we're back at the Halloween party. Mar- Marge is offering the kids fruit instead of candy. Because fruit is nature's candy. Someone throws an ashtray at her when she says that. And then in walks a headless horseman. Or just a headless man. And as everybody screams, it turns out to be Flanders. Who you wouldn't think would be into Halloween. <laughs> Did I scare diddly dare ya? And Grandpa's on the verge of having a heart attack. Yeah, as his head goes through the hole. <laughs> Nice try, Mr. Flanders, but I've got a story so scary you'll wet your pants. Too late. Everybody just moves away from Grandpa. And now for one of, not my all-time favorite, but one of my all-time favorite Treehouse of Horror skits, Dial Z for Zombies. This one is so quick with the jokes that I'm going to, again, do my best to cover as much as possible. And help me if I miss anything, Dan. I'm going to try to do this. Yeah, in I order, wish these but... were in order instead of just by ranking my votes. Yeah. Holy shit. I know, it's so friggin' nuts. Okay, so first things first, Bart's doing a book report on Baby's First Pop-Up Book. From A Apple to Z Zebra, Baby's First Pop-Up Book is 26 pages of alphabetic adventure. Bart, did you do your book report on a book intended for preschoolers? And he's like, well, I read most of it. You need to find another book. So here's an unofficial tally mark. Find Waldo yet again. Man, he's just not trying anymore. It's just, just Waldo and his dog in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> just nothing else in the picture. He's not even trying anymore. And then he discovers the school library has an occult section because, of course, it does. So. The restricted section. Yeah, the rest- I was just about to make a Harry Potter joke. So, yep. The restricted section. And, of course. He's got to take the candle, the, the the wax, the waxy candle on the skull, that old trope. So he walks in and he finds a book about magic spells that literally hits him in the head. And there's mm-hmm. souls trapped in the book. Evil magic beware. Cool. It shuts the book on their faces and they all go out. <laughs> so as he is showing off the book to Lisa... She's a little distraught because this is the anniversary of the passing of Snowball 1. Only two-year-old cat, sad. Also a, a black cat, which is not the case because Snowball 1 was in fact a white cat. And was around way longer than just 
than just where they uh, they hint at it. So, poor Snowball was run over by the mayor's beer swilling cousin Clovis. So Bart's like, well, maybe there's a spell that'll bring her back. Hmm. How to get your skeletons their whitest? Selling your soul in a buyer's market. Ah, how to raise the dead. <laughs> So we cut to the pet cemetery with the standard trope of the tombstones, including a lobster that was eaten by mistake, the fish police, capital critters, and the family dog. Now, I have trivia on Bart's spells here, and I will do them in order as we get them. So the first part here, let me actually pull up the list, is Cullen, Rayburn, Nars, Trebek. Can you guess what those are, Dan? I guess they would be uh, hosts of game shows. Correct. Correct. And that starts the earth breaking, the glowing green light, the zombie hands. And then he says, Zabar, Kresge, Kaldor, Walmart. That one's a little easier. Of course, big box stores. Yep, department stores. And then... He said the wrong spell. Zombies, Lisa, they prefer to be called the living impaired. Did you also notice he has the Michael Jackson record on his head? Yes, Thriller is his... So, because I've seen this episode so much, I know the scenes that were cut in syndication. There are two of them, and they're the unfunniest scenes in the whole thing, which is shocking that those would get cut for syndication. One of them is Willie going, Ugh! zombies and then he just pulls over the whole they're pretty as a picture it's really quick not as funny as the other stuff that is a syndication cut so as bart and lisa bike home in terror the zombies show up on the door of ned flanders house and of course well hi strangers what can i do for you brains brains Brains. (laughs) of course i thought you were dead and (sighs) okay Time for another another unofficial tally because here is another friggin' hysterical line. Dad, we did we did something bad. Did you wreck the car? No. Did you raise the dead? Yes. But the car's okay. Uh-huh. Alright then. Alright then. <laughs> that's actually number two in IMDb. Ah, uh, that's so but it's such a great line. It's not my favorite line, but we're getting to that. So now we get the quick zombie montage. Zombie Skinner calls Martin to his office and bring that big juicy chess club brain of yours. And then this is a great reference to like contests of the past that would be on TV when the zombie sideshow Mel takes out Krusty and then he goes to enter send me your parents brains or write parents brains on a 3x5 card. Do you remember that from like those old kids shows? Yep. Just write your entry on a 3x5 card and send it to this address. Homer, did you barricade the door? Why? Oh, the zombies. No. Like, he's just sitting there with the wood in his lap. And the zombies break in. (sighs) Good job, Homer. But, Dan, why don't you take this part? This is your favorite joke. So the family runs, but Homer's stuck in the kitchen. And the zombies come by. Brains, brains, and they stop at Homer, and they look at him, and they like even like do like the little knock on the head, 
which is hollow. And then they turn around and leave Homer as they continue to quest for brains. As they angrily run and walk away going, brains. And he's got the pissed off look on his face. That's a tally mark. 100%. That joke is hysterical. So it's official tally mark number four. And then they get another quick classic joke in there, too. And they're like, maybe the library's got another book that can reverse the spell. And Homer pulls out his shotgun and goes to the book depository. Which, as a kid, I didn't understand why that was funny. But now, knowing my history... For for those of you uninclined, that is a direct reference to Lee Harvey Oswald and the Kennedy assassination. In case anybody out there does not get the reference. Because Lee Harvey Oswald was stationed in the book depository. I'm sure there, there there might be somebody that doesn't get that. So now you get it. And now for my favorite joke. As they're trying to get in the car, here comes Flanders. Hey Simpson, I'm feeling a mite peckish. Mind if I chew your ear? And Homer shoots him with the shotgun. Bart's like, Dad, you killed the zombie Flanders. And Homer goes, he was a zombie? And that might be one of the best jokes ever written on the show. In fact, according to the trivia for this episode, Mike Reese, who wrote the line, has stated that it is an all-time classic line from the series, according to the show's writers. You, you you know that moment, Dan, when you're watching something and you know you're watching something special? Like, you've just heard a joke that's going to transcend what you're watching, and you're like, that's going to be a classic line people are going to talk about. Like, I had that feeling with it, and then it turns out it was true. You just, you kind of get that feeling, right? Like, like, if you listen to a CD, you hear that one song that stands out, and you're like, oh my god, this is going to be the big, the big hit. Like, without knowing what the big hit was. And then it turns out it was the big hit. Sometimes you just know when you're seeing something that's special. And that joke freaking killed me. That was Rock the Party Off the Hook by P.O.D., which was the song that got them to cross over. There you go. See? Perfect. Perfect example. So, of course, they turn on the radio. KZMB, all zombie radio, and it's just zombies going, And this would become the tradition, and I don't know if they were... Maybe this will be in the trivia. I've only... I've already read a couple of the top trivia lines here, but... They shoehorn in a quick Kang and Kodos cameo, which I'm assuming was done because they had made the decision to have them in every single Treehouse of Horror episode. Some of my favorite Kang and Kodos uh, cameos are the ones where, like, it's the end of the episode and they're complaining that they weren't invited to be on on the show. And then they're freaking out. It's like, no, hang up the phone. They could be trying to call us right now. So here you got the zombie bullies kicking around Skinner's skull. And (laughs) they get in there, start taking out more zombies. One of them is actually Krabappel, in case you missed it. Like, the first zombie that Homer shoots is Krabappel. And then he sees Barney chewing on an arm. I'm a zombie. (laughs) But hey, one in Rome. Wow, Wow, George Washington. Take that, Washington. Blam. Eat, eat lead, Einstein. Blam. Show's over, Shakespeare. 
Is this the end of Zombies <laughs> That's the unofficial tally. That line. Uh, that line is friggin' great, too. Uh, this whole thing is just hysterical. So, of course, they do find another book. Bart starts reading more stuff. First thing he says is, Kojak, Mannix, Banachek, Dano. <laughs> 1970s TV detectives. Turns Lisa into a snail. And then he finally finishes up with my, what might be the best one, Trojan Ramsey's Magnum Chic, which, of course, are condom brand names. Oh, my God. And the zombies are sent back to hell. Still pushing that boulder? Uh-huh. Oh, those are the ones where they, like, they, they go back to the cemetery. It's like, uh, I'm John Adam, John Adams. <laughs> John Smith, yeah. Not John, John Smith, Smith, 1882. My mistake. Oh. <laughs> and then the other joke cut in syndication is the Quimby scene, which isn't as funny. The zombies that plagued our town are now just corpses rotting in our streets. So, like, the two unfunniest jokes, which are still funny, but they're the unfunniest in comparison, are what got cut for syndication. And then, because we have to have some commentary on it, as the family is happy they didn't turn into mindless zombies, they watch TV like mindless zombies. Roll credits. Ugh, this episode is so good. Where, where... Alright, so Dan, where do you put this episode on your list of favorites, but then where do you also put it among the Treehouse of Horrors? Like I said, none of them are, like, my favorite segments, but... Jeez, but, like, the jokes are, like, holy shit. They're very fast-paced. They come at you really fast, but they... they almost every single one of them hits... And you're either laugh out loud funny, or it's a really clever line that you're appreciating. This there's because no... I still prefer like like one of my favorites we already did was from last year the um the to serve man ripoff one. Like that's one's one of my favorite. Of course, there's the shinning. Yes. And not, then there's not also to be the confused two... with Jay Bunny's music hub host Jason Shin. And then there's, like, the 2001 one where the house is Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, yep. House of Wax. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's great individual segments, but this, as an overall episode, it works because not only are the segments funny, but the narrative is really funny, too. Because we've done, we had them in the actual treehouse telling horror stories. We've had the, they're having nightmares, and then they're going to do the night gallery one for Treehouse of Horror 4, and then that's the last narrative, because they started running out of creative ideas to do it, so when we get to Treehouse of Horror 5 with the shinning, they just jump right in, and it pretty much sticks with sticks with that. There'll be times when they'll do, like, a small segment that's not officially part of the show, like, like the, uh, Maggie has the, the Mark of the Beast on her. Or they have, like, they're showing up at Burns' house trick-or-treating and they get scared by corpses and he thinks it's his little individual bat decoration. You know, like, little stuff like that they'll, they'll throw in there. But this is the last Treehouse of Horror with a really good narrative. Like, the Night Gallery stuff is good because it's clever with Bart doing the intros. But none of the previous narratives 
of the four narratives that hold Treehouse of Horrors together, none of them are as funny as this one. Because this one's got tons of jokes and laugh-out-loud moments on it. And this actually has moments in the in-between, whereas it's just... The previous one was just, oh, we're just telling stories. We're, yeah, the other one was just set up. And then this one actually has a thing going on. And, oh, it's so friggin' funny. So, yeah, Treehouse of Horror 3... So, let's go over the little bit of trivia I didn't already blow while we were doing the episode. Uh, When Marge is looking at the advert in in the newspaper for King Homer, the advert above hers is the one placed in the song Escape, the Pina Colada song. Okay, so we we talked about... Yeah, because all the top trivia is the the chance that he was a zombie line, the costumes, the... uh, Mosi Tatupu, that's a tongue twister, uh, Patty's heterosexuality. Yeah, the tombstones get abandoned after this one because they started, stopped running out of ideas. November 19th, 1936 is the exact day Dick Cavett was born, which the Springfield Shopper has. The We talked about the Love American style ending. We've mentioned Hitchcock. We mentioned Thriller. I think we actually covered most of this stuff in here. Yeah, as I'm, I'm looking to, I'm looking through the trivia. We've actually covered pretty much everything. Al Jean actually was worried about the King Homer segment because the black and white went for so long that he was worried people were going to. <laughs> think their televisions were broken. Jesus. Well, man, that pays into like the whole thing with the Simpsons is that they were yellow to stand out, and now they're yellow because it's a signature thing, right? So it used to be you flip through the channels. What the hell are these yellow characters? Right, stay there. And now it's flip through the channels. Oh wait, yellow characters. That's the Simpsons. Yep. Ah. Such a great episode. I, I don't think there's much else to say. I think we should wrap this one up because uh, it's not our longest episode, but damn, I'll be damned if uh, there's there, if we start talking more about this, we're going to get to that point where we're going to run out of things to say. So next time we come to you with our brand new Sunday time slot, Sunday Bloody Sunday, we are going to review Itchy and Scratchy the Movie. Another classic episode. This is another one of the Bart's actions have consequences episodes, and it's a, well, we'll we'll discuss that in depth about how much he actually deserves the punishment when we get to it here. That will be coming up next time, and that's gonna wrap up this special Treehouse of Horror edition of the Stupid Sexy Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Check out all the great shows. And new content on the way. So we will see you guys on Sunday for Itchy and Scratchy the Movie on another Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all.